Hey there, mamas. You are listening to Release Your Inner Power podcast, where we talk about having both me time and being the best mom, sharing stories, encouragement, and tips for taking the steps to release that inner power and that mom guilt. I'm your host, Shauna B. Here we go. One quick thing before we get started. I will be doing a drawing for a fun gift each month. Here are three ways to enter. You can email me to share your juicy takeaways, topic ideas you want to hear, or share a story. Share this podcast on social media and tag me with what episode you listened to and what you learned or loved about it. And if you leave a review, you will get two entries into the drawing. I will announce the winner the last week of each month. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Real Talk Thursdays. This is where I'm going to share my story, my journey, you know, all the circumstances, situations, and tools that I use to get to where I'm at today that made me who I am today. And maybe I can help somebody else out there that may be going through the same situation, maybe have the same scenarios, you know, just by sharing my story. So each Real Talk Thursday is going to be a section and chapter of my life. So let's see what this chapter is all about today. Hey there, welcome back to Release Your Inner Power podcast for Real Talk Thursday. So we're, this is where we dive in. And I wanted to share a story and, and situation with you when I was a kiddo, kind of like in my early years. And it's about the break-ins. There was quite a few of them. <laughs> like, you know, in the average family, you know, they might get broken into in their lifetime. But for the most part, people don't as far as like in their house and whatnot. But me being a kiddo and like my world being really small and not realizing through the world, you know, that that's not normal at first. Um, there, it actually happened quite a bit of times and we had to put things in place and have things, you know, <laughs> in place to protect us. I mean, I laugh about it because it's like so crazy, like being a mom now looking back and thinking about that. So let's dive in here. So I think I was probably between seven and nine years old and it was during the summertime and it was like on a really really super hot day it was like in July my mom and her friend at the time got the kids together and we went to like this swimming pool where you know you pay and you could be there back then you could pay and you could be there all day if you wanted to and we spent like the entire day at the pool we were like swimming we took food you know where you have your cooler we had lunch out there and we just swam and swam and swam I mean I think I think we were out there from probably like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Literally, we were pulling, driving home, and it was like that whole dusky, you know, sunshine's going down and like tired because we're going to go to bed type situation. Like it's still light out, but it's getting dark, right? That like twilight era. And we pull up to our house and our house sits off the road. And it's like kind of like we have this longer driveway that's pretty steep And, you know, so we pull up in our driveway and then we have kind of like this place where you park in front of the house and we look over and my mom was just like, she's like, what happened? And I'm like, what? You know, as a little kid, you're like, what? And you're looking out the window and you're like, what is that? What, what's going on? And, and I look at our front door and it's like, 
we live in a Rambler, okay? And so, like, the main window is right there, and then our front door, and it was, like, the top hinge was on, and, like, that was it. And it was, like, cattywampus, and it was, like, broken, and it was, like, somebody had chopped, okay? Chopped the door. And I remember thinking, people are chopping doors? Because it looked like chops, right? And the door is totally off. And my mom is like, you know, she's trying not to freak out in front of her kids. And we call the police. And so now she's like, do not get out of the car. We're sitting in there. There's no cars around us. There's no cars at either neighbor's places as far as like, you know, in the front are, you know, that that were not like our neighbor's vehicles if they were even home. I can't remember. But I just remember my mom was scoping out the situation to be like, what is this? You know, what happened? And and the door was clearly chopped open and it was clearly like our house had been broken into. Right. So she calls the police and the police come. And they they go into the house and do the whole checking it out to make sure that it's like all clear and everything and that nobody was in there. And I remember thinking how freaking scary it was that the police have to come to my house and like go through my house to make sure we can go into our house. Like as a kiddo, that is your safe space. That's where all your stuff is. That's where you go to feel safe. And now I'm in a car watching police officers go into my house to make sure I can go into my house. It felt heavy. If I could feel my heart like sink, it was like fear. It was like what happened in there. And then part of me with being the kiddo is like, oh my gosh, I'm super curious. Like what else does the rest of the house look like? Right. So then once they cleared it out and everything, they had us come into the house. So we would now it's dark, right? It's nighttime. It's dark time. We're in the house now and we're kind of like basically assessing the damage and writing. My mom is now, you know, talking with this police officer to basically write a police report that we now have had this break in and the amount of things that were taken. So I am not kidding you when I say that they cleaned us out. I mean, we're talking things like, I feel like like I felt I feel like now as an adult like break-ins are like smash and grabs right I mean yeah that's with cars but like even in homes like they're gonna look for the most expensive things and then they're gonna like leave or they're gonna like search around for things and like take what they think is of value this was clearly more than that this was literally like I felt like at one point my mom said did they bring a moving van with them and just pull up a big van and just load it up with, like, where were the neighbors? Where were, did anybody see anything? How did you not hear this door being broke down? Like, there were so many questions. It was clearly, I mean, there was chops in our front door and it was like hanging off. Like, it was clearly broken down. And, you know, like, how did you not, yes, our, yes, our house is off the road a little bit. But with the amount of noise, I mean, I don't know. I guess people don't, I don't know. I There's like, I had so many questions as a kid. Like, how did you not hear that? And in part of the investigation, these police officers had to go, you know, to the neighbor's houses and ask them, you know, did you hear anything? Did you see any suspicious activity? You know, all the policey questions. And we didn't have any answers. Nobody heard anything. Nobody saw anything, you know, um, 
it was just kind of like at a loss. And at the time, our house didn't have a fence in the backyard either. And so part of my mom's theory was, you know, yeah, you could go through our neighbor's house that lived behind us, but there was like a road, like a side road or a neighborhoodish road there. The road we lived off of was a busy road, um, but there was plenty of trees to block. So you couldn't see anything from the road. But then there was a neighborhood, she's like, could, did they park a moving van or a van back there and just walk the stuff through? But I think a neighbor would have seen, you know, a person going through their yard, if you will, with stuff and then would have been flagged. So I'm, we came to the process and theory of that they came in front and blocked like with some type of van. So if anybody could look up towards the house, they couldn't see through the van anyway of whatever was happening, the door being broken down, things being taken out of the house, all of that, what have you. And so, you know, as a kid, I'm like looking around, the house was totally thrashed. I mean, it was like, you know, when you like move out of a house and there's like all the garbage everywhere, you have to like clean up the little garbage or the things that got dropped or like things were everywhere. Like it was like that. We had all of our major pieces of furniture, like our couches were there and our lamps were there and like the desk and our dining room table and chairs and what have you. That was all there. That was all fine. But so much was missing. We started to walk through like room by room just because of like the mess and like things that were gone. Um, When you first come in the front room, it's like that's where like our video game room was. We had like this little, you know, like TV situation and like where we had like back in the day, like like old school video game stuff like Atari and things like that, that we would play there gone. My my parents had this huge wall. Um, It was like where you could store wine. I can't think of the word right now, but where you could store wine, wine was gone, all gone. We kept continuing to walk in and it's like went into the dining room and then there's like, you know, going into the living room where there was another TV room there with like a stereo, the whole nine yards, like all of that gone. The, our VCR was gone and I remember being so upset because that was back, that was before VHS tapes. That was back with beta tapes, if you can believe that, beta. And there was... My favorite movie was in there. I can't tell you what it is today, but I just remember it being my favorite movie. And I was just so upset because that I lost that movie. And it was like, there's no way we can get it back because we were transitioning into VHS. And I thought that that was like gone forever, even though later on, you know, as a kiddo, you don't know. But later on, it came out on VHS too. So it was fine. But at the time, I was like, my movie's gone. It was my favorite one. And we didn't have a whole slew of movies. Well, we didn't have any anymore, but we didn't have a whole slew of movies before, right? And so that was gone, you know, and it was weird. It was like silverware was gone. And my mom had these like hutches with things in them. And some of the things were not everything was taken out of the hutch, but main pieces and things were taken out of the hutch. Like maybe anything that they thought was silver or what have you was taken out of the hutch. She had two of them and there was stuff missing from there. We go back into our rooms. My room was tore up. My brother's room was tore up. My mom And dad's room was tore up, like all of her jewelry was gone. All of her jewelry was gone. Um, Her wedding ring was taken. Her, um, you know, we went swimming for the day. And like, you know, when you're going swimming, you take off all your stuff. So all of that jewelry was taken. My dad's wedding ring was taken. And those two rings were very, um, they were very special. They were handmade in Alaska. So they're very original pieces. um, Gone. You know, um, my mom had... 
special pieces that were from her family that her, you know, like heirlooms, things like that, all taken, you know, there was other like stereos and things in my parents' room gone. And I started to realize like some of my plastic jewelry and some of the things in my room were also taken, even our freaking blankets, okay? Our blankets were taken. My aunt had crocheted, knitted like these big Afghans for me, for my brother, for my mom, um, you know, all of us. And they took those. And my mom's theory was, what did they do? Just go through your room and throw everything in this blanket and sack it out like Santa and just take it to wherever they took it and just went. I mean, it didn't even make any sense. Like toys gone. Like what? You know, it was like they just made a hauling and who knows what they did with it afterwards. It was so violating and frustrating. And I just remember being so mad, you know, especially about the things that meant more to me, you know, like especially about like the jewelry that was given to me and how messed up my room was and and my freaking blanket that my aunt made me was gone. Pissed me off. And my room felt not clean anymore. My room felt dirty. It felt not safe anymore there because are they going to come back? Who are these people? Is this a one-time thing? Do they know us? Do they know something? You know, it was scary. I I hated it. And I just remember my mom asking the police officer as well, you know, do you want to, do you want to, um, can you take fingerprints or something? How can we, how can we figure this out? And he looked at her and he was like, you have kids, there's fingerprints over everything. There's no way we're going to be able to get fingerprints from the people that broke in here. And I remember thinking, you know, as a kid, and you see all those like crime TV shows, you know, the one fingerprint and all the things. And I remember thinking, what? You can't even get fingerprints of people? Like clearly you can take our fingerprints, police officer man, and you can subtract those out, you know, all this, you know, subtract our fingerprints out and then you can find the mean people who did this. And, you know, all this stuff was my ideas. And I was so mad that they couldn't do that. And I just felt like we were at this huge loss. Right. And so, you know, moving forward, time to rebuild. We didn't have a whole bunch of money. We didn't have a whole bunch of, you know, ways of purchasing this stuff. And so it took us a long time. It took us a long time to rebuild and like a few years, I think, before we had TVs. And then, you know, then by the time I'm like 12-ish or something, you know, then we're getting Nintendo and then we're, you know, getting some other things. And now I have a stereo in my room and okay, we're rebuilding and now, you know, what have you. And then bam, we get hit again. And it's like, what? This time, not as much. It wasn't like the first time. It was like less and less each time. It was like more realistic of a break-in, really. It was like less and less each time. And, you know, the door wasn't damaged this time. It was like they just kicked it in, basically, for this time. And and it was kind of the same thing. Police report, what's missing, putting all the things together, you know. And then, you know... Again, trying to rebuild and get more things and then broken into. And so once that happened, we had to come up with a security system. But back then, they weren't connected to anything. They didn't have this whole call the police with your security system. It was just a loud security system that would make a bunch of noise and draw attention to your house. And you had to put a code in and like all of that stuff to try to hopefully scare off the people that were trying to break in. And because I was old enough to be home with my brother at this time, now it's my you know responsibility to turn off the alarm and... I could turn it back on once we were in the house to like, you know, so if people come in, what have you, but still 
doing that and wrapping my head around it was a lot. It was a lot. That was a lot to handle and deal with and kind of assess. And for a while, I remember coming home from school and walking home and like assessing, is it cool? Is it cool? How's the door? Are the windows, you know, or is there any doors open? Is there any windows open? Like things like that. And then locking, like turning around and locking the door, making sure all the windows are locked, making sure the door's locked when I come in too. So I feel safe. It was crazy. It was hard. And Eventually it went away and it just became natural practice, even now to this day. (laughs) Just because it's such a habit of how much I did it, I will come into my house and turn around and lock my door. Both both of my doors are, are totally locked. I probably have sticks in all my windows as a backup plan because they also have locks and I have a security system. But it's just something that I've done as a practice and a habit from when I was a kid that I've just carried on to now. And it's not really something I have to break because all it does is protect my family. But I just think it's interesting how you can get habits ingrained in you even as a child when something like that's happened, when you've been violated and robbed and, you know, some jerk came in and like, you know, dropped the floor out of your world and now you're rebuilding it and how you get ingrained with just to feel safe. We also had a backup plan to go to the neighbors. We had neighbors, Mike and Kim, where if something was wrong with at the house and we didn't feel safe to go to it, we go to Mike and Kim's and call my mom at work. Or we would walk to another friend, another friend that I had growing up. Her name was Darlene. I would go to her house and be like, hey, my house, you know, if my house is messed with or I don't feel safe or whatever, me and my brother would would had a plan to go over there and hang out there until my mom came to pick us up. And so we had different places because at this point now it's been four or five times and we're just like, what the heck? And, you know, clearly because of my dad's life choices and things we assumed, you know, we don't really know for sure, but we assumed that it had to do with that and that they were coming there, you know, to take things. And who knows at this point, um, you know, later on the last two times we got broken into, it was questionable on who was actually doing it or if, you know, like, because it's happened so many times, maybe if he stages it or what have you, there were some questions, but it was almost like we got broken into again. Like we had secret hiding spots for our stuff. We had like, I had a lockbox when I was a kiddo because I was not getting my toys or my jewelry taken again, you know? And I had very minimal things. And it was almost like I had to detach from my stuff and not have such sentimental things because it was going to get taken from me. It was super crazy. And I didn't start really bringing stuff back that was sentimental or things that meant a lot to me until my adult years or until I went and like got my own space, got my own stuff. You know, it's so crazy how it's so crazy how things can live an imprint and kind of how you move from that, you know, and and, and how I am now, like I am a minimalist now, you know, I have few things that mean a lot to me or it's, you know, and how I lock the door when I come in and how I have a security system and like how I do things to like make sure that I, my family feels safe just out of habit from back then, you know? And it's also crazy to think now as a mom looking back, like, holy smokes, like we had a house, like, like two places to go to if we didn't feel safe and we were broken into all the time. That is so not okay. It's so not okay. And yet I still worked through it. And yet I still... (laughs) 
I had to grow up very quickly, you know? My mom had to do what she had to do with what she had. She had to work a job. She had to try to make it. She had to try to pay rent. We had to go to school. We had to go to our after-school activities, and then we had to come home before, you know, we weren't home for very long before my mom would get home from work, maybe an hour. But still some days, especially in the winter when it gets dark early, and being a kid, it was not so safe feeling until, you know, she did get home. It was, it was definitely an interesting time. It was an interesting time with all of that, which also made me, you know, definitely more aware of my surroundings and situations as an adult. It was a lesson for me to learn to be aware of my surroundings and to just kind of pay attention to what's happening and how I feel. Do I feel safe? Is this okay? You know, things like that has really helped me. So that's just part of my story with me growing up. And one of the big imprints of my life that I had to learn from and get lessons from, you know, form who I am as a person today. Thank you for listening. I just want to say thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, learned something new, or got a juicy takeaway that will bring in that heck yeah back into your life. I release a new episode each week, so make sure to subscribe. If you love the show, want to share a story, comment below. If you know someone that would love or need this episode, be sure to share it with them. I'm sure they would love you for it. Tag me and find me on social media at Ignited Decisions on Instagram and Shauna with Ignited Decisions on Facebook. I would love to know what episode you listened to and how it helped you as well as connect on social. Okay, mamas, claim your time and release your inner power.